0: Can we thank our amazing worship team today, each and every week? We are blessed. I'll say it again, we are blessed. I've been in a lot of spaces and places, and I believe that worship looks and sounds different in a lot of environments, but there's nothing like coming home and watching God do something special through the people of our church. I want you to know this, every single person on this stage is a volunteer. Maybe you didn't know that, and maybe you didn't know that was a way that we did it, but, but a lot of places you go, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I just wanna show you the culture of our house. Every person that's up here, other than Pastor Jared Green himself, who's on staff, is a volunteer who gives up their time and practices and goes to the throne before they walk into this space. There's some places that they, they have musicians, they hire, and that's great. And I think when you get to a place when you've got a lot of things that you're doing, that can be a necessity. But I'm grateful that we have a house that just has a heart of worship. And it doesn't matter paycheck or not, they show up because they want to entertain the presence of God, not entertain you. Well, I can preach on that for a minute. But they want to entertain the presence of God so you can see how good and how faithful and how righteous and how holy and how great our God is. And worship is a big thing. Big thing. Worship is where we give adoration to Jesus. It's not about us, but it's about who he is. And I'm grateful that we have a house of worship, that we have people who understand what worship is all about. That's what makes our church so special. So Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, you sounded good this morning. Look at your other neighbor and said, he said, make a joyful noise. You heard the scripture that said, if the, if we don't worship, the rocks will cry out. And boy, you were singing so them rocks wouldn't cry out. Amen, amen. Well, hey, I wanted to, to share some information with you. I, I love getting to do this. Um, we talked earlier about how we are a church that believes in generosity. We say it around here that generosity is our privilege. And it really is a privilege to be generous. And many of you know the, the the emergency disasters that are happening in Hawaii right now with all the fires. And I was reading up on the report, a Convoy of Hope is a partner that we, we give to um, from time to time during certain disasters because they hit the ground really, really quick and bring relief efforts to families. And as I was reading some of the statistics of what's going on and through Convoy of Hope and what they're doing, um, there has actually been uh, thousands that have been displaced for the time, but over 2000, Families right now completely, their homes are completely gone. There's been about 50 to 60 deaths from the fires. And like I said, tens of thousands have had to relocate for the time being. Like a, literally an entire town was burnt to ashes. And um, we're a church that believes in mobilizing. And I believe in jumping onto organizations that are already doing some amazing things. I don't believe that we need to start a whole new organization just to do a relief. I believe that there are organizations who are already doing great things. And, I want you to know that as a church um, this week, we will actually be sending a check to Convoy of Hope for $5,000 to bring relief efforts to them. And it's it's because of your generosity, because you give, like you gave so that can happen. And we can bring hope to people. And I know right now they already have boots on the ground. The moment the fires began, they they were shipping food, they were shipping baby supplies, they've got medical supplies, they've got all kinds of things. And I just want to say thank you as a church for being generous that we can do this. And if, if you want to be a part and participate even more, there's actually on our app or even on an envelope, if you find one after service, you can give towards it and we can even do more. And that's great. I'd love to be able to provide. Let me just say this. It doesn't matter necessarily the amount, but it's a matter about the sacrifice. God does something special when we're, when we clothe, those who are in need. I believe there's a scripture that talks about, you fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I didn't have anything to wear. And that's, we do that to give love and to give adoration to our Heavenly Father and help people, and we're a church who believes in helping people. Why? Because people are our heart, what we believe. So I just wanted you to know that, and I want you to give yourself a hand. Thank you for your generosity. I wanna dissect an encounter today that Jesus had at a wedding in John chapter two. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter two. And I wanna pull back the layers of this passage and open our eyes maybe to some things that are beyond the surface. I love being able to do this. And while you're turning there in your Bible, I wanted to also share some information Pastor Jared talked about We have two Jareds, by the way. One's my brother, and one's a brother from another mother. And uh, we talked about the salvations that happened on Wednesday night. I believe that's amazing. God is doing something in our next generation, and it's grateful that we have the opportunity. I think there was like 93 students or 92 students that showed up that were there this past Wednesday, and it's amazing to see. But I wanted to share your report of even last Sunday. Last Sunday, we saw 39 hands go up that accepted Jesus Christ. As Lord and Savior. And I know you don't always get to see that. I know some of you are like me when it's going on. I mean, I'm up here, but even when I'm not, it's like bow your heads, close your eyes. And I'm like. Because I love seeing what God is doing. God's doing something special. And I want to tell you, God has been moving in our church in a very powerful way. And if you haven't figured it out yet, better get on the train because he's doing something. And I want to say, those of you that have made a decision, uh, if you have not yet gone by the Info Hub, like I have a Bible I want to give you. We've got resources we want to give you. Why? Because we have a house that's generous that we want to give every person who accepts Christ a Bible and put the tools in their hands that they need to walk this journey called life. We need the manual for it. You can't walk this journey without the manual. You could try to figure it out on your own. It seems like you already did that tried that, and it didn't work. So make sure you stop by there. Even if you haven't made a decision today, if, you don't, if you're not one making today, you can stop by if you've made a decision. Recently, we'd love to give you that Bible. But John chapter two, you ready for the word? John chapter two, verse one through 11. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place in, at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty. To thirty gallons. If you don't know the math, that's about 120 to 180 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants hadn't, that had, who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, the good wine, the the, the most expensive first. And the cheaper wine after the guests have had a little bit too much to drink. You have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here at Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs. This was his first recorded public miracle through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I want to preach to you today from the title, What Am I Missing? What am I missing? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it is powerful. Transform us from the inside out. Do a new thing in us, we say. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 Give someone a hug. Take a seat. As we observe this text today and as we dive into Jesus first miracle, I believe that there is so much that Jesus is trying to tell us. Now, I've read this story many times. I've even acted it out in a musical drama that we used to do called the Messiah many times. And every time that I've read it, every time that I viewed it, all I saw it as was Jesus performing a miracle doing something supernatural that was impossible for man to do. I never really looked at it as anything other than that. I mean, it's a miracle, like something supernatural. He turned water to wine like he just wanted to keep the party going like. And and that alone is enough for me. I don't know about you, but I'm okay with God just doing a miracle and that being enough for me. But we serve a God of miracles. The fact that God turned water to wine like. It's something, though, that at a wedding would, and even in a miracle stance would seem small. Except in that day, if you understand the context of what's happening and how weddings were done and done for like days on end, they wasn't like this 45 minute you didn't get, get out, get married, go to the hotel kind of thing. It was like days in hours. That day, if you ran out of wine, it was a massive disgrace to the groom and to the entire family. But as you look at this miracle from the outside in, it was a miracle that didn't seem crazy. Like, yes, he had the power to change the elements, for sure, but it wasn't that crazy, but it was special. For them, it was special. Which I believe shows us that God does miracles that seem insignificant to many, but mean everything to you. Like, aren't you thankful that we serve a God that is the God of meaningful miracles? That it may not mean a lot to someone else, but it can mean everything to you? As I read it, Again, recently, God, I believe, began to kind of reveal something to me that I believe I want. I believe he wants me to show you today. As we typically read scripture, it's easy to kind of just comb through it and read over it. And I've realized that in my life and as I've read miracles and I've read scriptures, I've realized that we can experience a miracle, but miss the message. Like. There's this thing right now that I'm trying to teach my kids called self-awareness. All the parents give a hand clap to that for us just a second. Like this is an exhausting thing to do. Like I'm trying to teach my kids right now because it seems like they don't see anything that goes on around them. They have no self awareness of what is happening in their surroundings like they can be walking and enjoying an ice cream matter of fact they can just be walking and breathing and completely be oblivious and unaware to their surroundings like anybody do I have any parent with me that's like you're exhausted yeah. from this like they're walking in front of people like we'll be in a public place and they're just like Like, there'll be a person pushing a cart loaded with, like, guns or something. I don't know. Like, something of breakable value. And they're just like, ah! Like, like right in front of it. I mean, it could be even, like, a little old lady. Like, they can't can't jump and pivot like they once used to. And they could just walk right in front of them, expect them to get out the way. Like, they're just completely... right in front of things they don't even know that they're in harm's way or there's a car do you not see this like i look at them like we need to take you to the eye doctor like your ears your eyes your senses everything needs checked what did i do wrong as a parent i'm on my soapbox for a minute But I've come to learn that this is what we can do when God does a miracle in our life. And although the miracle is enough. The message. Is what teaches us more about who God is. And what I've learned in my life is that every miracle points to who Jesus is trying to be in my life. That's what I've learned. That the miracle shows his power and the message shows his purpose. Let's observe the text. Verse three says, when the wine was gone, Jesus mother said to him, they have no more wine woman. And it would be at that point in my life that if I had responded to my mother, it would have been like one well, click. There would have been no crucifixion. It would have been done right there. But as I kind of researched this, it was actually not a disrespectful thing. It was something that they did in their language. So this wanted you to understand in the English language, that would have been disrespectful. Anyway, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus said, what's this have to do with me? My hour has not come. It's not my time yet, mother. His mother said to the servants, in other words, I didn't ask you all that. She ignores him completely, which I think is just a boss as a mom. Like, your son is Jesus, and you're just going to be like, hmm, do what he says. (laughs) Did anybody read it like that? Like, when I read it, I'm like, dang, Mary, you is crazy. That's Jesus. And you're like, hmm, do what he says. I told you they had no more wine. Anyway, sometimes you gotta get a little bit, you gotta see it, you just gotta see it. I knew if my mama told me that, woo, we'd be in trouble. All right, it says, do whatever he tells you, she said. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Now, what I want us to notice is that these jars that are in this scene where They are obviously pointing them out for a reason and they're giving a description for a reason. They were made for washing. Like I want you to think about this in context for a second. These stone jars were made to wash things, to cleanse things. They had a completely different purpose. This is things that that you wash things off with, maybe hands, maybe some feet, maybe some other stuff. Like you use these, these stone water jars To wash and to cleanse, which and I believe that the message that Jesus is pointing to us in these few verses right here is that he can use what you have. Like we often think that we have to have certain things in order or certain things for God to do a miracle in our life. Like like we need the right background that we got to have the right look that we need the right beliefs, we need the right financial status, like we need the right theology, but no, Jesus shows us that he doesn't need all that. Well, I only have a little faith, God, well, I believe my scripture says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, well, I only have a little finances, I only have a little strength, I only have a little confidence, If Jesus can take five loaves and two fish and feed thousands, if he can take a little oil that was just enough for a mother and a son to eat a little bitty cake before they died and can turn it into an endless supply. If God could take an army of 300 and destroy an army of thousands, God is saying to you today, I can use what you have. Why don't you just tell your neighbor that today? Just look at him in the eye, look at him real awkward. You know he's gonna come at some point in the sermon when I'm gonna tell you to do this. Look him right in the eye. Look at the color of the eyeballs. Just look at him. Look at him and say, he can use. I do say it with some confidence, like this is authority. Use the authority that's been bestowed on you. Look at them in the eye. Are they blue, yellow, green, or black, or brown eyes? Just look at them, hazel. If they red, start praying in the spirit. But look at them in the eye and say, God can use, God can use. what you have. Do you believe that? Yeah. Let's continue to read verse seven. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, water. Like he didn't say, like, fill it with who lay Like, he didn't say, fill it with actual wine. No, like, he, he didn't say, like, go to the city, here's some money, go buy some. Like, like, he said, fill it with water. In other words, I'll take what you don't expect and I'll do the impossible. Yeah. That's a word for somebody right now. But he said to the servants, fill the jars of water. So they filled them to the what? The brim. The brim. And I believe what Jesus is revealing to us is that He is the God of more than enough. Like He's a God who says, fill it to the brim. Like I believe my, my Bible says that in John 10:10, 10, 10, where Jesus says that I came that you may have life, and that life to the, the full. Another the translation says, an abundant life. A more fulfilling life. Fill it to the brim, he said. And I believe that God is trying to offer us a life of abundance. And many times, we so, oh, so many times, we settle for less, for far less. And we settle because the truth is, we don't wanna do what it takes to experience it. We we, we choose that we, we don't wanna follow his commands. We don't wanna follow his word. We don't wanna be obedient to it. And so we often decide, Well, we know better. And we we live our life based on our truth and our opinion rather than the life that, oh, wow. Yeah, he designed us to live like he is the creator. He is the designer. He is the instructor. He is like the what do they call that? The the, the, the composer of life. This is God designed it. But yeah, we think we know how to run the car better than the mechanic does or the maker of it. Same context, and in return, we experience a less than kind of life where there is never enough, and there's always a void, and there is this hole of hopelessness, and we allow the enemy to rob us. That's what the beginning part of John 10:10 10, 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. and then we read the latter part, but Jesus said, "I have come that you have life and life to the full." Jesus came to give us the abundant life, a life of more than enough, a life of overflow. How many want to live in the life of overflow? Like we serve the God of more than enough. Are you realizing that today? We serve the God who is more than able, the God who does exceedingly abundantly, the God who doesn't just part the Red Sea, but he dries the land for me to walk through it. Like, are you realizing today that this is the God that we serve, the God who can settle the storms on the outside, but cares so much about me that he'll even settle the storms that are going on on the inside? He's the God of abundance. This is the God that we serve. You see, what I also observe in this text is that Jesus had them play a part in the miracle. This is the part that I love because they had to do the work while Jesus did the supernatural. Did you know that you play a part in your own miracle? That you have a role. That when God wants to do something in your life, he wants you to be a part of it. Like when Jesus healed the blind man, what did he tell him? He says, go and wash off in the Jordan. He had a part to play when when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. He told her it's by your faith that you have been healed. She had a part in it. When Jesus healed the lepers, he told them to go tell the the priests in the temple and it was on their way to go there that they were healed. When Jesus forgave the adulterer after after everybody wanted to stone her and condemn her, he looks at her in the eyes and says, where are your accusers? And they had all had left at that point. And he said, neither do I condemn you. But then he tells her a statement that says, but go and sin no more. Jesus does what he does, the supernatural, but we must do what we have to do. What do I mean? Well, you can't pray for God to heal your finances if you never do your part and get a budget and stop spending more than you make. Or, matter of fact, just get off the couch and get a job. Stop playing the lotto. It's not going to happen. I don't care if it's one point whatever billion right now. You, you, you can't pray for God to heal you from bitterness when you're harboring unforgiveness in your own heart. You, you can't pray for God to deliver you from your addiction if you don't get something called accountability. You can't pray healing in your marriage if you never put in the work to see it through. And sometimes it's a short game. Sometimes it only takes a few weeks to get through a situation. Sometimes it may take years, but if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to take day by day, if you're willing to be consistent and show who you are in a consistent manner, if you put in the work, that's your part. God will do his part. We often expect God all the work. You see, it's in the process of the miracle that he wants to give us the purpose of the moment. He told him, verse 8, he said, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. You see, right here, the, the, the place, this is what I want you to realize that what, what Jesus is trying to say right here. The place in which you draw from determines the life in which you'll live. Like if you if you draw from the jar of negativity, then you're going to get emptiness. If you draw from the jar of entitlement, then you're going to get a victim mentality. But if you draw from the jar of living water, you're going to get a new wine. And that new wine, that what that represents, what, the, what, the, what he's trying to show us and what it represented in scripture was new wine represented the Holy Spirit. It represented his harvest that was to come. I want you to look at your neighbor for a second. I want you to ask them a question. Ask them, say, what's in your cup? Some of you are like, don't ask me that question last night. It was water. Jesus said, keep the party going. I'm not encouraging drinking, I'm not at all. I don't drink. That stuff doesn't touch my lips, that's, that's me. I'm not saying that you, I'm not condemning anybody who does. You say, well where is it at in scripture, is it a sin? This ain't in my notes, but this is for somebody. It's not a sin to drink, it's a sin to be drunk. But I'll tell you, I'll just tell you this, hold on, before you clap, you don't need to clap. I don't, I don't, need, I don't need your clap. No, I'm, just, I'm being straight serious. I don't need your affirmation for that. That's my decision that I made between me and God. As a matter of fact, our entire staff we don't drink. Our overseers don't drink. People that are leaders in our in our places we don't drink. Why? Because I don't even want to allow it to get me anywhere that I shouldn't be. Because I've never found it good to do something that always has a bad result at the end if I do too much. So, whoever that's for, the real question is what should be. In Maybe you do need water. I don't know who that is. But as we continue to read, it says they did so. They drew it out. It says they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here was the first of the signs revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Here's the thing that I want you to notice today. This is the message that I want you to get, that Jesus can take what is dry and empty and he can take something that has run out And he can fill it up again. Like the main message of this story tells us that Jesus is our provider. We just sang about it a moment ago. He is Jehovah Jireh. The God who provides for my need. He is the one who gives and he's the one who takes away. He is the one who fills and he is the one who empties. But what I want us to realize today, and I've been waiting this whole sermon to get to this point. Like I've been I've been setting you all up for something that I want to show you. Like the the whole message I want you to get today. It all comes down to this moment. It all comes down to right here. This is what makes all the difference. And it happened in the very beginning. I want to see if you saw it. Verse one, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Are you reading it with me? Do you see it? On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Are you seeing it? Like, do you get what I'm seeing? Okay, when I, if you think you got it, then I want you to shout the word, because there's one word I want you to notice. I want you to shout it when I get to that part and reading. it. Shout it as loud as you can. Okay, you ready? It's class, particip- class participation. I need my water. I got it. It's nobody else. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana, in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Wa- what? He'd been what? Do you see it? Do you get it? Like, do I need to read it again? I think I need to read it again because I don't think it was passionate enough in that word for you to actually understand. Like, when you get it, it's going to blow up. Like, it's going to blow up in your mind. Like, you're going to see something in your heart. Are you ready? On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Shout it when you get there. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Jesus does miracles when he is invited to your moments like I want you to see this how was Jesus able to do the miracle that's the question it's because he was invited to their moment like are you do you get it like I got it like do you get it like when I was sitting in my room and I read this and I was like oh Lord let me take me I'm about to run around my bed and start doing circles But when Jesus is invited into your situation, when he is invited into your addiction, when he is invited into your marriage, when he is invited into your single life that feels like it's never going to end, when he is invited into your anxiety, which we learned this a few weeks ago, that anxiety. Here's what it is. Did you know that anxiety is just misplaced faith? We learned that just a few weeks ago, a pastor friend was talking. He said, anxiety is misplaced face. Why? Because you're believing in things that are not as though they were. So Maybe you just need to placed and stop misplacing it and put it in the right place. But when you invite Jesus, guess what? He'll put it in the right place. When you invite Jesus into your life, things begin to change. When Jesus gets invited, what did it say in verse 10 and 11? It says when he gets invited, he brings out the best not what the world has to offer you see the world they offer cheap wine the world offers a cheaper life the world offers a cheaper peace the world offers a cheaper joy a cheaper purpose but when jesus steps on the scene he brings the best and he brings it with him and where there seems to be a lack jesus provides abundance dry Jesus pours his living water Woo, when Jesus gets invited when Jesus gets invited he takes what's dry he takes what's empty fill it up again fill it up again if you just keep coming and inviting he'll just fill it up again he'll pour new wine You won't even realize it's happening. But when you go to draw out that next time, it's a new wine. But it takes you drawing and walking. And we don't know, it doesn't say in part of the scripture that when it turned, but somewhere in their lack of faith maybe or their faith to wonder, why am I pouring water in a jar that's supposed to wash people's feet? But maybe that's what he meant to do was use the very thing that cleanses so he can pour into it and then draw without it and turn it into something that's a new wine and hand it. Jesus feels this emptiness. Of course, his living water is run dry. It takes me inviting him to my moment. So what am I missing? What is it that Jesus is trying to show me today? Where am I drawing from? These are the questions I want you to think about. What's in the cup that I'm drinking from? Where do I need to invite Jesus into my life? What am I missing? I believe that today, for maybe many, it's time to invite Jesus into your moment. You've been struggling on your own and you've been trying to figure this out and you've come to a place where you've run out. someone has noticed and they're going to Jesus on your behalf but you also got to go to Jesus too and you need to invite him into your moment you need to invite him into that marriage that seems like it's completely desolate and broken you need to invite him into that addiction that you can't seem to overcome those nights when it gets lonely those nights when it gets dark those nights when you don't know what else to do or what else to turn to and things begin to kind of happen you just need to invite Jesus into the moment When you're walking in desperation of the wrong things, you just need to invite Jesus into the moment and he'll fill it to the brim. He gives abundance. He gives you an overflowing joy. He gives you an overflowing peace. He gives you an overflowing confidence. He gives you an overflowing purpose. He's the God of the full. How do I know that? Well, because when God sent his son, he, he didn't just die halfway. He went to the full to the point where he, he drank the cup that represented the wrath of God for all of sin of humanity. Like if you read in the Gospels and you see where Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he did this for you and I. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, a place that was lended to him to pray, which was also a place that had olives, which means it was a place of crushing and pressing. And I think it's very unique, the fact that Jesus went to a place crushing and pressing, and he kneeled down before the Father and he had his human moment. God, if there's any way that this cup that's what that cup is. Cup pass for me. The cup represented the wrath of God for all sin. But after the third time he prayed, he looked back up to his father and said, but not my will, yours be. I don't want what I'm temporary momentarily feeling. I want what you want. I want your will purpose. I came to fulfill what you sent me to fulfill. And although I may have pain for a moment, there is a bigger cause. There is a bigger purpose because I'm going to be able to set free all of humanity. I'm going to take the weight of sin and I'm going to put it on myself. I'm going to become sin itself. I will let them put lashes on my back for their healing. I will let my blood pour out of my veins for their sins. And I will nail them to a cross. My hands and my feet so they don't have to I will surrender my body they will beat me beyond recognition scripture said. they will spit in my face they will give me a crown of thorns as a mockery oh look it's the king of the Jews give him a crown of thorns our Jesus went through that you and I Have what? Life to the... Took him off that cross, laid him in the tomb. Three days later, go back to the tomb. But to prepare his body, they didn't get a chance to do it properly, so they were going back, and I think it's awesome that it was women who went back. Shout out to all the ladies who are faithful. It went back. The stone had been rolled away. An angel spoke and said, he's not here. He did what he said. He did what he said. If he told you, he's going to do it. Like, I don't know if you know that, but if he told you. He's going to do it. Like, it's going to be done. Like, he said on the third day, I will I will build the temple again. What did that mean? He meant on the third day, I'm going to resurrect. I'm going to come back to life. I'm going to go down to hell and take the keys back from the enemy. And I'm going to say, you can't steal them. They are mine. And I'm going to come back. I'm going to conquer death. I'm going to overcome the grave. There ain't no thing that's going to hold me down. So they ran. They got Peter and John. John gets there first because he was faster. He was a track runner. Peter was a bodybuilder. (laughs) He cut people's ears off like for real. He did that in the garden. Read your Bible sometime. It's pretty cool. Peter goes in. John doesn't go in. Garment clothes were in there that Jesus wore. neatly placed. It was in that moment that they realized he did what he said he was going to do. Like he told them. I'm going to do this. He had the last supper with them. Someone's going to betray me. I'm going to build up the temple again. Three days. And he did all of that. You and I. With every eye closed, every head bowed in this room today. Maybe today, maybe your moment is right now. Maybe this is your moment to invite Jesus to your life into your heart. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. We are a humanity who is in need of saving and God sent his one and only son to die on a cross, to overcome the grave, to die in our place, the beautiful exchange. And he fulfilled the promise. He did the atonement for our sin. Bible says that if we will call upon the name of the Lord says you shall be saved. So I want to give you that that opportunity today to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe this is for the very first time. Maybe you've been coming. You've been checking it out. You're watching online from the other side of a screen wherever you're at in your life today and you've showed up and you're like I I need Jesus into my life, if he can do miracles, if he can set me free, if he can break the chains of bondage off my life, if he can get rid of generational curses, if he can get rid of those things, I want what Jesus has to offer. Maybe you lived for God, but you walked away. Life got the better of you. Made some mistakes. You felt ashamed. You felt unworthy. You felt guilty you found yourself back in this atmosphere today of church and you're like I, I just know that I've tried it on my own and I it's not what I thought I've gotten distracted I've not really serving God like I need to today you want to make that decision to rededicate your life so Jesus I'm sorry give me of my sins but I want you to become right at the front of my life again lead my life if you're one of those two groups of people I just want to pray for you too. Every eye closed, every head bowed, and I'm going to count down from you. and I just want you to shoot your hand up as high as you can. If that's you, just hold it up for a moment. I want to see that hand. When I count down for you, just shoot it up. Ready, three, two, one. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Just shoot them up high. I see you all near on the floor. I see you. I see you up there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Shoot him up high. Today, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I'm going to invite him to my moment. So he can do his miracle. See you. Thank you, Jesus. See you. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands down. I want us to pray this prayer out loud. The prayer that I was talking about, we're going to call upon the name of the Lord. We're going to pray this prayer together. Say it out loud where your ears can hear you. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and Leader. Of my life. Thank you. For sending your Son Jesus. To die on a cross for me. And raising him from the dead. So I can have life to the full. Forgive me today. Wash me clean. I place my hope in you. I place my trust in you. I place my life in your hands. Lead me. Guide me. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said a big amen. 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 Come on, let's celebrate.